Welcome to the Power Couples Rock Podcast, where our mission is to build a collective community of marriages, where we encourage, inspire, and support one another in order to have masterful marriages. We're Carlos, Catherine, Chris, and Sonia. Please check us out, powercouplesrock.com, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. We believe that one of the most amazing legacies we can leave in life is a great marriage. So we hope you'll listen, learn, and love the conversation. Let's power up. All right. Welcome once again. Hopefully, I'm saying once again, and you've listened already to a Power Couples Rock podcast. If this is your first Power Couples Rock podcast, welcome to you as well. Thank you. We've got a bunch up there. We hope you subscribe and listen. I'm excited because we've got just what I think is a ton of stuff to talk about, but we're not going to make it too long because... Long podcasts are boring, <laughs> and I hope I, I hope boring. we're not boring. We're not boring, right, Sonia? Are we, are we boring? No, never, never boring. Not to us, we're not. Anyway. Not to never us. boring. You guys are with never the boring. Greens in the house. Uh oh, watch out! Well, we're happy because we're here with our favorite couple. The that's Stones. Hey, in, in the, the universe. universe. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> I know. I know. That's all right. We gotta we gotta mix it up. We we can mix it up. I'm Chris, and. To my right, to your radio left, is one of my favorite people in Gwinnett County, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Carlos Green. Give thank you. Up. Thank you, my brother. Give it up. Thank you. Carlos. Where's the crowd? Okay, it's just us. <laughs> Directly sitting in front of me, as you can imagine while you're listening to this podcast, is my most beautiful wife, and I get to stare into her eyes this entire podcast. I am so lucky. You switched up seats today with with Catherine, so I can I can jab her in the ribs uh, <laughs> instead of you. Uh, but Sonia, my most beautiful wife, uh, yes, <laughs> she is her own gorgeous. crowd noise. And to my left, to your radio right, is Carlos's light of his life. Yes, the one and only. Yes, Mrs. Catherine Green. Yes, Catherine Green is in the yes. house. Yes. <laughs> So today, uh, if you're, you're looking at the title of, of the podcast, is Who Rocks This House? And we, we did a little prep here for, uh, and when I say little, it really is a little. We like these things to be a little spontaneous and, and, and leave some room for us to, just to be goofy, I guess. <laughs> but um, when, we, when we talk about the house, we're referring to the marriage, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about who who runs, who rocks this house of marriage. And this is this is something that I feel like is gonna get under my skin a little bit mm-hmm. and make me a little, you know, feel a little guilty, uh, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important stuff to talk about. I really feel like there's a lot of things that we can look at in terms of silent killers of our marriage yes. and 
it, it's important to to look at those, to stop, to pause where you're at and look at your marriage and prioritize that more than some other things that can just really erode that house and work against it. We agree. So, so Carlos, I know we want to, we want to use that sort of uh, analogy there in terms of, of the house and the marriage, but I know this, this also pertains to some scripture, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the temptations part of that. And so I'm, I'm just going to roll that over to you if, if I could, just to kind of set the table there and, and, and we can go forward with this conversation if you don't mind. Thank you, Chris. Who rocks this house? And we are actually referring to, scripturally, we're referring to Matthew 4, 1 through 11, where Jesus is actually tempted in the wilderness and Satan comes at him. And we find out that there are three temptations that Satan tries to overtake Christ with, right? And that is the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and then the lust of the eyes. And Jesus actually rebukes all three of those temptations. But it's amazing how we are combated with those temptations on a daily basis. And if we are not careful, those temptations can overtake us. And we don't want those temptations to rock this house. So we just want to make sure that we identify what those temptations are in everyday terms today. And then how do we actually combat those temptations that we have. Right. So lust of the flesh, I think when, when people hear that for the first time, they're thinking flesh and they're thinking maybe something that may be sexual or something, you know, related to that. And it does include something like that. But I think an all encompassing word that would work for lust of the flesh would be addictions. Correct. And there's a lot of things that people don't know they're addicted to until they're addicted, right? And and I think the easy one to go to is alcoholism, right? But and and I think we should talk about that. But there are other addictions that that maybe people aren't thinking about, and maybe people are afraid to address. And if they're afraid to address it, before you know it, it can creep into a lot of different cracks in your sidewalk. On the outside of your of your house, correct. I'm using that analogy again with the house, <laughs> the house. right? Uh, that that it can it can really work against you. So it re- this really is the silent killer, I think, in the marriage, and it's a huge one. And it's and it's one that I think that that we should talk about. Um, and so, Catherine, I I think one of the things that people aren't really thinking of is social media and how social media plays into addictions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so how would you say, you know, social media plays into addictions, lust of the flesh, and how that, how that applies to, to marriages? Well, I think for me is if it becomes priority, on every day, everything, you just can't put it down and things go undone. Um, and you continually are putting the things that need to be done in your life on the back burner. And before you know, before long, you know, it has 
you haven't taken a bath in a few days because you're just <laughs> stuck on social media. <laughs> but I would like to back up and share a personal experience mm-hmm. about why I think this is very important and how this can rock your house and your marriage. As I remember when Carlos and I first got married, one of the things that we talked about uh, was not having a TV in our room. Mm. And in our so, bedroom, In our right. bedroom. And so for all through our lives, we've never had a TV in our bedroom. However, we weren't aware that technology was going to be so good. <laughs> and where when there they became computers and then tablets and then the phones and where that little device yep. can just uh, creep into your bedroom. And before long, you're both siloed in your own little spaces right. and you're just scrolling through all the stuff that is out there and before long an hour has passed by and you are not even engaged in conversation with your mate and so we've seen that creep into our room into our bedroom and we have to stop ourselves and say listen look we've got to put those phones down Mm. because the bedroom is a sacred place and it's where we have conversation it's where we do our hour of power and the things that energize our marriage and we have to get back to that so i can say a true test that it has crept into our into our space but we recognized it and we decided together that it will not be a ruler or it will not rock our marriage yeah Sonia, I know that that applies to us as well. I can remember back when um, Chris had a phone way before I did. And I can remember being very upset and offended when the first thing he would do in the morning would be to wake up and grab his phone. I was always wondering, what, what's he doing? What's he looking at? Who's texting? Why is that so important? Why is that the first thing he picks up in the morning? And it didn't take long for me to understand when I got my phone. And so now I'm kind of like, we both do the same thing. The first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is grab our phones to see what's happened overnight, to see what somebody's posted, to check the weather, any number of things. But it's the first thing we do. And um, so it's the last thing you do at night. And the first thing we do. And the first thing you you do do in the morning. morning. Yes. Because for me, it's kind of like I want to. I want downtime and my downtime looks like me and my little self enclosed bubble with my phone doing what I want to do. And then of course I wake up in the morning and you're in your bubble again. I'm in my bubble again. (laughs) And it's very easy. I don't think we ever intended it to be that way. I didn't like it when it was happening, but here I am slowly sucked into it. It snuck up on you. It did. It's the silent, it really is is the silent silent erosion of the foundation of of the house. Yes. Yes. And Carlos could talk about how that silent erosion of the house with those little rodents. (laughs) We had to get our foundation So in our home, (laughs) you know, I love, what are they called? They're not muskrats. What are they? Moles? No. No, they're not moles. They're... They're cute. Chipmunks. Chipmunks. Oh, I love chipmunks. I love chipmunks. Alvin. Exactly. Theodore. I don't know if Alvin and Theodore Chipmunks are the silent killers. (laughs) They're the silent killers. So they were burrowing (laughs) under our porch. And then all the weather, too, was eroding the foundation of our of our porch. And so we literally over the years started to see our porch sag 
and go down and we're like, what is and, going on? And it cracks in cracks the, um, in the concrete. In, mm-hmm. It was getting crazy. It was like, and we just kept just putting like sand and dirt over it Ooh. instead of fixing the issue. Yeah. We just start covering Cover it up. It up. But it got worse and worse and worse. So we had to call a concrete company, professional, a professional concrete company, company to come in and lift that up and secure that foundation. So where it probably would have only cost us maybe five hundred dollars, it ended up how much, Catherine? Oh, I don't know. But it was it was thousands. It was a good it was not that much. But anyway. So, so if we're going to take this analogy all the way, yes. right? Please. You called professionals to take care of the foundation. We did. So sometimes in a marriage, you're going to have to call the professional, get a professional, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got, I've got a couple of things uh, based on what, what, what Sonia and, and Catherine said. Number one, I just had this idea, um, is, and you said it, Carlos, as well, the phone in a lot of people in, in our situation is the last thing you're looking or doing at before you fall asleep and the first thing you're looking at and doing in the morning. Why don't we challenge everyone to have a to say the husband and the wife, you, ha- you make that connection as the last thing before you go to sleep and the first thing in the morning. I like that challenge. I like that challenge. So that babe, so you have that to... could be, that could just be a kiss good night. Yes, uh, or you know dot dot dot. I'm not going to go anywhere, <laughs> anywhere else. But you at that point, you don't touch the phone. It is good night, and and then in the morning, before you before even you get on phone. the phone, before you get on your phone, connect. Yeah. Last thing at night, first thing in the morning. I like that challenge. I like that. I like that challenge. I think um, we do it well when Carlos travels. So he does, We like at night before I go to turn in, I'm like, I'm going to bed now. I just want to let you know that I love you. And he says, I love you. And then we we let the phones go. Well, I, I do because yeah. I'm going on sleep. But he's usually doing some work out of town. But if you have different circumstances where mm-hmm. maybe your spouse works at night, maybe uh, your spouse travels and I know you have to sometimes use electronic devices to do it, but just be intentional about how you do it. And, you know, I love the challenge. Make that your last thing. So mm-hmm. whenever you say good night, I love you to your spouse, even if it has to be electronic, make that the last thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It sets the, it sets the table. It sets levels. I like that. You know, it's, it's, it, 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 it means that it's, it's important. It's the most important thing that you're, you're dealing with first thing in the day and last thing um, before you go to sleep. So Chris, uh, j- before you go to the next question, mm-hmm. isn't there, div- there's information on your phone now that tells you how much screen time yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. that you use on your phones now? Yeah, it's called screen time. That's it's the, called yeah, screen well, time, yeah, right? On, on um, Apple devices, that's that. I I can't speak to Android or any other devices, but yeah, it measures the amount of screen time that you have. I remember seeing that the first time that I was on my phone for a day, and I saw the screen time come up, and it was like five hours that I was on my device, and I could not believe that I had spent five hours on my device, probably just checking emails, scrolling Facebook, looking at Instagram. Yep part whatever that is but just i started looking at all of that time five hours looking at my device yeah there's another there's another way in that 
device, at least on on, on iOS, on, on Apple devices, where you can, at a certain time, shut down your your applications to where you only have access to the phone or to text. Because in a lot of ways, and then, you know, Sonia and I have talked about this, we need to be accessible if our boys are out and they need us for whatever. We can't, we have to be accessible if that's our only way that they can call us mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But you, if you're just sitting there and you're playing a game on your phone or you're, you know, on Facebook, to to me that can wait until you know, the next day. Correct. hundred percent can do that. So you can shut that down at a particular time. That's being intentional about saying, we're going to be doing this. We don't need to be doing this at this time. What's the point? Let me shut that down until the, until you wake up the next morning and you could do that. Um, set the, set your phone. Well, I think to bring this all back, it basically comes back to how much of a role is your device playing in your marriage? If it's something that you're having trouble doing, if it's something yes. that you're having trouble getting um, a handle on, then it has become an addiction that maybe needs to have further action taken in order to try to figure out how you overcome that. Exactly. If it's ruling your relationship, mm-hmm. I agree with Sonia, then I think you you really do need to um, digest or dissect it and say, well, hey, this is taking precedent over my marriage and we need to do something about that. So I think that's important. I believe that one of the things that that I have probably I've tried to manage as I mature my social media <laughs> uh, perspective here is that we allow people to text, email, or expect responses back from us because we want to actually be very responsive to them. For example. So if I have people that are emailing me at work and they're emailing me over the weekend, at one point I was emailing them back where that gave them permission to always intrude on my own personal time or space. Now I have it to where once I'm gone on Friday, then I don't pick that up. I don't do any work until that Sunday night, Monday morning, unless I'm at a conference or something like that. But I will select and choose when I'm going to do that work, especially from an email or project standpoint. Right. Because I feel like that that's something that I've earned is to have that downtime with my family, with my spouse. That's and good. It makes a major difference. Yeah. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about how work plays into some of these mm-hmm. uh, some of these temptations and in, 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 in a little bit further. So another addiction lust of the flesh isn't the obvious one that i put out there which is drugs alcohol right and of course we know that those are addictions but every one of us sitting here on this podcast and i'm guessing a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now were affected in some way shape or form by the addiction of drugs and alcohol eroding against the marriage, whether that ended in a divorce or whether it just ended in a lot of pain for everyone around that. And, you know, I just wanted to put that out there, Carlos, cause I know you have, you have a heart for this mm-hmm. and this is something you really, you really can speak to. Right. Mm-hmm. I can. And, uh, 
in honor to my dad before he truly made a commitment to Christ. Uh, I, I believe that alcoholism and drugs was his addiction that ruled his life Mm -hmm. and it caused the erosion of his marriage. Uh, The family went through that and and we could see being his son, I could see the devastating effect that it actually had on the family. And years later, he talked about just his addiction and his apology to me and my brothers Mm -hmm. for not being present, not being there. And it was just such a, a, a redemptive story. Uh, Sonia used that word as we were prepping for this. It was such a redemptive story because even though that challenged our family structure, his marital structure early on, after he really understood what his priorities were and turned away and transitioned his life into one that served Christ, that was probably one of the best relationships that I've ever had with my dad. And it was something I had always longed for. Yeah. And I, I just love it that he found that those things that was eroding his life, his marriage, his family, mm-hmm. he dealt with it. Yeah. And then completely transitioned his life into a life of servanthood, a life of representing Christ to the fullest, to the mm. best. And uh, that's what I remember most about him is that transforming life and I love what my wife says. We always want to leave people with hope. And he just left me now that he's transitioned on out of this life. He's just left me with a tremendous amount of hope and what that looks like. That's awesome. And and just as we're forgiven, he was forgiven. Oh, tremendously. Yes. It's a, it's a happy ending. Yes. And, and, and during the other thing is, is you also made a conscious decision and were intentional about your own marriage in mm-hmm. spite of that. Correct. Because that happened later after you and Catherine were already married, and, and, yes. and his, his rebirth, if you will, um, that happened after. And, and you, you weren't negatively affected by that, which is important, because I think a lot of people that historically have been involved in that type of whether it's alcoholism or or any other thing that that erodes against a marriage if if their mother and father went through that you know they break the cycle mm-hmm. and they start here and it also the important message here is it's never too late it's never too late it is never too late for you to start right now and you hope that someone listening to this podcast is maybe about to get married and they're listening to this and, and maybe they're, they're energized by this and, and, and can use this going forward or they're just, just married, they're young, they've been married for a little while and they can use this. But I think, you know, it's stories like that that, that also give Sonia and I hope. Yes. You know, and, and we've made plenty of mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes, but it's never too late to hit pause and be intentional and get things moving in the right direction. If they're well, not. I knew I knew growing growing up that our family it wasn't a normalcy that we should have with the the drugs and alcohol. And I believe that truly in his heart that he was probably looking for something to fulfill him, and that's what he thought that fulfilled him. But then later in life, he found true fulfillment. Mm. And I was so excited that I was part of seeing that transformation happen in his life. We had gotten to the point where 
uh, once he made his transformation, we were doing Bible studies together. And he was just so engaged in that process. He was loving on my my wife and my kids and my brother and his wife and kids. <laughs> and we would just all come together and just have a tremendous time. But his energy just completely changed. And that's what was exciting about it is that you wanted to be in his presence because you wanted to feed off of his energy. Uh, so that addiction was one that just kept us away. We just didn't want to have any part of it. Yep. And he, you know, that isolation that it leads to, that addiction that it leads to, to where it just, it just spirals out of control. But then once that transformation occurred, I mean, we could not wait to get over to his home. We couldn't wait to be around <laughs> him. We couldn't wait to talk with him on the phone just because we just knew what that meant to us and, and how much he meant to us as we walk through this process. Yeah. That's killer. I think another one of these temptations that uh, is mentioned here is pride of life. Right? Can, can we do just one thing? We're, sure. Yeah. We were prepping for this and we all, we were talking about social media, right? And remember when we had dinner here at your house yes. and oh. with all the boys. Oh. So both of us have two sons, mm -hmm. right? So it's all eight of us and we were around the table mm -hmm. having dinner right? and no one brought out any phones and, and right. remember we've got sons that are anywhere from what 16 15 all the way up to like 27 yep so that's the prime social media <laughs> time frame <laughs> for that's life the demo that's the de it is the de so they are on their phone but when we got around the table and we started engaging in conversations and we were laughing and we were talking and People were just, I, I don't know, we didn't miss anything, but we just really, we can mem memorialize that moment yes. as a tremendous family moment for all of us. Yeah. I mean, they do you guys all, I think that? our boys remember. Yeah. They were all being, they were all present and yeah. engaged and in the conversation. And it was just a joy to have that moment. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's very priceless because uh, it just does your heart well when you can see that they took time out of their schedules to just spend it with these mature adults. <laughs> <laughs> the mature it's adults. Like, oh, I got to have dinner with mom and dad and their friends. <laughs> exactly. No, you know what was crazy about that was we didn't make the rule for dinner that night. No devices at the table. That's true. No one, it, everyone made the choice when we were there. Mm-hmm. But I think families, ours included, need to, when we do have the opportunity to sit down and have a meal together, which I believe is still super important, and I try to push for it, and I know I get eye rolls from the boys all the time, like, oh, we got to eat Do together. we have to eat at the table tonight? <laughs> I have to go finish my YouTube video or whatever. So when you do have that opportunity and you are sitting at the table, don't bring the devices to the table, meaning don't have them in your pocket. Don't set them on the table. If you set it on the table, you might as well be looking at it, mm -hmm. right? For that 30-minute meal or whatever that you're sitting down there, have the devices not be in the room. Put it somewhere else. Put it in the kitchen somewhere where you can't get to it, you can't see it, you're not thinking about it. And it's a little weird for people. 
it's, at first. It's very weird. <laughs> but that plays into the that that plays into the addiction. Yeah, but when you started, I was talking with a licensed professional a couple of weeks ago, and she was dealing with about how we how to just kind of empower our children with the choices that they make, and one of those in setting the guidelines and and, and rules. And I know some people don't like to say rules, but just guidelines that they can adhere to because you're going to have to have guidelines throughout your life. And so she she was saying that a good choice for parents and uh, their children to come into agreement with is to put in their devices in a device basket when it's uh, when it's just time to have a pause. And if, if it's a dinner time and you, you talk about these are the guidelines at dinner, we're just going to put it in a basket. Yep. And that's where it is in, in 30 minutes. If that's what it is, you just agree with it. And because um, oftentimes parents make, uh, make the mistake by saying this is what you're going to do. And what children should be happening is to have them be around the discussion and show them that you have options. But this option for us today is that we're going to agree to put our devices because it's controlling us and we want right. to be present. And so um, that's something that she said would be a good strategy for parents to use. And, um, and so, well, our kids are older, so I guess Carlos yep. and I could put ours in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I do believe though that, if we take a look at the social media and if we're putting phones in baskets during the dinner time, but it really speaks a lot to our marriages and how important our marriage is, is our, is our marriage much more important than us scrolling through Facebook during dinner? Yeah. Even when we're out mm-hmm. at dinner, okay. you know, we're checking our phones. We're just, Oh, we'll take a call. We'll do all of that. So what's most important? So, if that social media or the phone is ruling you, that becomes the addiction, mm-hmm. right? So I believe that we set the standard for our marriages when we can say, no, I don't have to answer that phone call. I don't have to look at Facebook or Instagram. I don't have to answer that text because right now I'm present with my bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what's most, to me, that's what's most important. But when you start that, and I know we, we're running out, but I do want to say this is that, um, I remember when, and I today we had dinner with our um, sons with some uh, other people around the table, and they were sitting, and I noticed they did not take out their phones because they've been trained that way. But also when they were dating, um, and we all went to dinner with maybe their dates, and I, I recall this very incident. We were out, and um, our youngest son's uh, friend at the time had taken her phone out, and he said, uh, you need to put your phone up because we don't have our phones out at the dinner. And she kind of looked like, <laughs> he said, you need to talk to my mom and dad. About <laughs> he didn't, he didn't reach out with a basket. Right. Like, put your phone in this basket. Exactly. Well, we was at the restaurant. I could have asked for a bread basket. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Really. But they, they do, they would say that out loud. And I just, it just was our Thing to do but I didn't yep. realize I guess seeing it put into action it kind of right. makes you feel good that they still honor and respect that and mm-hmm. even to today to this day I still see them do that so because they didn't take out their phones today not at the at all. birthday dinner no, or luncheon they were at the table I did not see their phones at all that's awesome yeah I mean and it's about influencing the, the next generation with this stuff too yeah. which I, I think we're going to be we're going to be talking about that later so if I could 
the second temptation here is pride of life. And I think if we're going to put a a more present day word to pride of life, to me, like pride of life sounds like, you know, maybe it's a, the name of a movie with a bunch of lions in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty good for me because I am a Detroit fan. Oh my goodness. However, you see how I got that in there? I see. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get that in there. So I think this is about status, right? So it's, it's, it's about ego. And this, I feel, is, is something that pertains to a few different things. But the first, the first thing that I think about when we're talking about status and ego and how that can work against you in terms of being addicted to that is in your employment. It's in your job. And it's trying to attain whatever that next level is. And I'm not talking about necessarily finances here. I am talking more about getting that VP position or, you know, I'm so, I'm, I'm such and such age and I have to make sure that I get this level of a position by the time I turn 30 and making goals like that for yourself. I'm going to, I'm here to tell you, I don't think it is wrong for you to want to do well in your job. I believe all of us believe that there's not, there's certainly nothing wrong with that at all. But what can work against you is if you have this attainment of status in your job, in your mind, and you're wanting to, you're doing this for the wrong reasons, you know, this makes me look more important. This is giving me a name. I am someone, you know, I'm identifying with this position. It's, you know, your name followed by the, the level of position in your company. This, this is attributed right under my name, and other people see this. I want to be known as this. This is what this is about. This is about status and the attainment of that. And when you are too focused on that, you do things like forget about what's most important, which is your house, your marriage. Not the house that's got the bricks and the shingles on the top. This is about the core of what we're talking about, which is your marriage. So I'm going to put it out there and see if anybody's. I think that um, for me, I think that it's perfectly fine to have the desire to obtain. But I think that the ultimate question that you have to ask yourself is what's it going to cost you? Mm, there you go. What is this mm. thing that I'm looking to obtain going to cost my family? Going to cost my spouse? Going to cost my friends? Is it going to cost to me my friends, my spouse, my family, um, my my things? So I think that's what you need to examine as yes. you look to um, or desire to obtain all of these things, um, particularly job status and what you may look like on Facebook to other people. What do they think my life is like? Um, just to have, just to want people to look up to you, um, in the end, may cost you something. It may cost you a lot. So ask yourself what it's going to cost. What's it going to cost you? You get that next level. That next level doesn't, you're not doing the same amount of work. You're doing more (laughs) work. Of course, you're getting more money. And so you're, you're making, in your mind, you're making concessions that, that this is going to be okay. But truthfully, you get a new job 
with a new level, you're you're most likely devoting more time, at, at least initially before you get yourself entrenched in this job. You're devoting more time towards that job. But and I love- you have to look at you have to look at how that affects um, your marriage and, and and whether or not you can work through that. I'm sorry. And I love what T- Sonia says, like not only what you're going to gain, but what is it going to cost you? Because I think that there are seasons that you will go through that it will take you a lot of time to get up to speed on your new job, your new promotion, or if you've become president of a board or engaged in another activity that's going to take a lot of time to ramp up and become effective at it. But again, that should be only for a season. And that should have already been intentionally spoken of by you and your spouse about what that's going to look like Mm -hmm. so that they're on board with you and not get frustrated because you are spending a lot of time making sure that you're prepared, you're, you're effective in the new role. I would think that it would get a little bit uncomfortable if you're spending the same amount of time and it's been two years. Because you're going over and over and you haven't learned how to prioritize that particular area of responsibility in your life. You said some important things about um, that communicating that with your spouse. And then initially, I think going back to why are you doing it? Understanding your why. And then when you understand your why, then you two could work together by making conversation around. I understand in the beginning, this is going to take some time, but don't be afraid to readjust. If it's, if it's extending a little bit, that's why we um, really encourage monthly meetings about the direction you're going in, in those, those areas, faith, family, finance, fitness, future, and fun. And when you, that would be in our future category. And we would talk about you wanted this new role in the job. And I'm like, well, why do you want it? Do you want it because it's money? Well, money, that can come and go. You, you need to understand, is it really going to add to your skill set? Is it really feeding your purpose? Is it really feeding what you what you value in life? And if you can get to the heart of it, then we can we can go through this. We can go through this season. But if you understand that, that can help and keep reevaluating. If it's taking longer than a year, let's step back and understand why is it taking you longer than a year? Yeah. Are you trying to do something other than what you set out to do that we didn't discuss? Or has that become the priority, priority. for you? Right. Well, and I think, yeah. too, it's important to remember that these become issues that need to be talked about and reevaluated if it creates a problem within yeah. your marriage. If yes. you are happily married and your spouse is obtaining something and it's working for you guys, then that's one thing. But I think these are all tools and things that we're bringing up for people who may be in a season where maybe they're having difficulty with some of these things and it is creating a problem in your marriage. Um, Then it's important to reevaluate and to maybe focus a little bit more on these particular issues in order to... um, I guess reel your marriage back in mm-hmm. and to work on that marriage. Do do any one of you all, Chris or Carlos, have an example where you've seen this to this season to be maybe a rough season in your marriage and maybe how you turned it around? I, I think for me, I, about remember about three years ago, I got this new position, and it was gonna. It, I had to travel like eighty percent of the time, seventy percent. 
70 to 80% of the time just across the country. And before I took that role, I just had to have a conversation with you to say, this is what this is going to look like. And I knew it was going to take me away for you know days on end until I got up to speed on it. And I knew it was going to take anywhere from three to six months to get at least comfortable with what I was doing and what my role is going to entail. So we, I remember us sitting down with me saying, we're going to accept this position. This is what it's going to cost us. And you were so gracious that at least you understood what we were, what I was going in the position for. It wasn't about the money, but it was about upgrading my skill sets or polishing my skill sets off and learning some new skill sets. And we were able to kind of walk through that on a monthly basis to make sure that we were on point. We were focused. I wasn't losing time with my children or our sons and what they were doing. And then after about six months, I could curtail a lot of that travel or I had the flexibility to make sure that I was at home during the important moments of our lives, the children's lives. So that made it much more palatable mm-hmm. for us to be able to walk through that yeah. particular situation. You know, I noticed in, in both of these addictions that we've talked about here, uh, in both of these temptations, addictions, uh, the lust of the flesh and pride of life, uh, addictions and status, the, I guess the life hack here or the, or the Band-Aid for people who are listening is you're just going to have to connect with your spouse and be intentional here and set up ongoing conversations about these things. You're going to have to set expectations, have those conversations, and then keep checking in. Be consistent about it. So this is about having an hour of power, if you will. Whatever you want to call it, Make make it a meeting with the family and stay on point with that uh, that thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an every week thing, biweekly, whatever. Set up your calendar. You all set up. You know, everyone here has a calendar. Everyone listening has has some sort of calendar. Be intentional about setting that up and checking in, having those honest conversations uh, with with your spouse, and making sure that you're working together on this thing. Because if you've got a house. Here's here's the house analogy. I'm 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 going to go. go. I'm going to go back to it. Right. Yes. You mow the lawn. You wash the outside of the house. You make sure that the plumbing is working. You make you fix you fix all of these the air problems. And some of those problems in the house may start small, but those small problems can lead to huge problems. And the only way to work through all of those things is to make sure that you're staying on top of it. You've got you've and, and you set up things to to make sure that, you know, like a smoke detector in your house. You've got you've got all these things that, that trigger, you know, set those things up in your marriage. Be intentional about it. You're intentional about a lot of other things. The marriage is the thing you have to be the most intentional about. Agreed. Well, I think that that's the that's the marriage is the foundation for society. That's what everything rests on. And when when we get attacked in our marriage because of yep. the pride of life or the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes, then that is saying on his attack to try to destroy that marriage. And again, I love what you said at the beginning, Chris, where 
you know, those little, what do you call them? Creepy crawlers or <laughs> those hidden, <laughs> those hidden, oh, silent, the uh, silent, silent killers, killer. yeah, the yeah. silent killers that come in and we don't even, we don't hear them. We don't recognize them when they come in and, and before you know it, they've taken over our lives. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. we just don't want that to happen. And mm-hmm. so that's why we've got to be intentional about on a monthly basis, having that hour of power or just being intentional about having those conversations so that they're not popcorn conversations. <laughs> they're very intentional that works conversations. For us. I mean, as Chris has said about you may have to pick whatever time that is for you, but I guarantee you if you're intentional about it, we, if, I don't encourage like weekly, but if your schedules are like that, that's fine. But monthly works for us mm. and it keeps us on top of our game when it comes to whenever there is another distraction that tries to come in and rule our house. And I think we're going to talk about this in another podcast, but the busyness could be something that can rule, try to rule your house yep. and you have to get that under control. And we just, and we're in the midst of that now uh, with all of the opportunities that's been provided to us. We have to really communicate with each other so that that doesn't um, become just something that will cause us to not to be a priority. Yep. But yes, I encourage people to find that time uh, because we are constantly um transitioning in our lives we had little ones we don't have any little ones anymore so that's another transition but believe it or not with all of when we had our little ones we had all of these things going on Mm -hmm. and we could do it and we worked it well we don't have them in the house now and we still got a lot of stuff going (laughs) Mm -hmm. on so we Mm -hmm. still have to be intentional about not letting those silent killers come in and, and creep up on you and before you know it you're you're at each other just nitpicking at little bitty things and you mm-hmm. just what is the real issue here yep what but is I, the I don't real want thing? us to get i don't want us to get oh get where the the job promotions and the status because we want to be president of this or we want to sit on three or four different boards which i think is okay but if it's going to cause damage and mm-hmm. harm to your relationship, to your marriage, that is something that we strongly recommend that you reconsider until there's a a better time for you to do that. And I just think that sometimes we're just after so much status, so much control, so much, you know, our brand is so important that we do all of these things to get ahead in life. And then we leave our spouse on the side, yes, not really putting them as a part of it or making them priority in it. So that's yep. that whole pride of life that yes. we have to be very, very aware of. Yeah. Like how, how good does my online profile look in social network X, Y, and Z? Correct. Right. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on six different boards. Right. And, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm listing, I'm listing, you know, my, my title next to my name on, on the social network and I'm, I'm I'm putting pictures up with the intention to get that that rush of of likes that you get Correct. on all of that. Now and again, we're not saying that you shouldn't participate in those things. No, I'm cutting off should. all my social network right, right now. <laughs> right, right. You won't see no, any more hashtags. That you should. No, it's shit that you shouldn't participate no. in. It. But the the priority is to make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page about it. Yeah. 
that it's it is making a difference for you all and you all are doing it for the right reasons. Right. Because if they're signing into Power Couples Rock. <laughs> that's that's right. That, in fact, that's the only way that it, you know, everyone from now on, that's the only social media you should ever use. It's, just, rock. Right? it's exactly. positive. It's feeding your spirit. It's moving you forward. It's giving you tools and skills to help things not run your household. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sign into Power Couples Rock. Right before you say goodnight to your spouse, <laughs> rock dot com. Okay, so, on the podcast, right? Uh, so, quickly uh, before we wrap things up, there's one other uh, temptation that's on there, and Carlos, you mentioned it earlier, and that's that that's lust of the eyes, and I think that's more along the lines of materialism, and that's more about money, right? That is about the things. cash things, that is about the cash that is not about the status that's that's it's really sort of two different it's coveting that's that's wanting something that somebody else has and you know wanting to attain it that's um that's something that you have you got to be really careful that that you know that kind of you know is hand in hand with um with a position that you get uh, in work and, and trying to get more money and what can creep up on you if you are a provider in your family, is that you would say to kind of make a consolation to yourself when you're when you're looking at this new job that has you know more money. You're saying, well, that's getting me more money for the family, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm 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 a better quote unquote provider for my family because I'm getting another X thousands of dollars a year with with this new position. But to Sonia's point, you have to look at the return on investment here you have to be you have to look at what it's costing you and i'm not talking about dollars here you weren't talking about dollars you have to look at what it is costing you in your marriage mm-hmm. and how much time that's going to pull you away cuz you don't get a raise and a new position with you know and and spend less time doing that job <laughs> right. i can guarantee you so and and i think what we need to talk about here is what can happen in a marriage if you fall into this materialism type of deal and and what that what that sort what that can mean i know that sonia and Catherine were talking about this lust of the house this materialism that you feel like you got to have that the latest iphone the latest car the latest outfit all of that because you feel like that that's going to, you know, of course it makes you look great, all of those good things, but it could be so covetous of just because someone else has it, you think you need to get it. And then it may not even feel fulfill what you really are looking for. Uh, and it could just be a connection with, you know, your husband or your wife. It could be a connection with your girlfriends that you, you just want to have a good life with them, but you may just be looking at, the material things that think that that's going to fulfill that. And so I'd love to hear you all from a female's perspective on that lust of the eyes and the materialistic nature of what could happen there. Well, I think the thing you have to really be careful with is that society today tells us that we have to have all of the stuff that's out there and it's got to be the new stuff and the best stuff and the, the, you know, the newest car and the newest phone and, and, I think the thing that you have to be careful of is that not only does it take your focus off of maybe things that are important, but it also can lead to debt. 
Um, I think that's one thing that can create problems in a marriage and how this materialism relates to problems that it causes within your family is that then you've got financial problems. And so you have to work harder and that takes more time and it just becomes this vicious cycle. Um, Yes, it's nice to have the newest, greatest, latest things, but sometimes it's okay not to. Um, It's okay not to have the newest. Just be satisfied and well, it's um, never going to be enough. Right? Well, and grateful for what you do have, um, yes. I think, is the important thing is to feel grateful and feel gratitude for what you've been provided and what you're able to have instead of that constant desire to feel like you have to have more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it leads to trouble, I think, for, for our marriages. Yeah, I've learned over the years that we've been married is not to let the television tell me my vision. And mm. uh, until I got that <laughs> in my spirit, I believe, you know, I love commercials. I love the things that are out there, but they can tell you, oh, you need that. And and there's studies done behind that and mm-hmm. why certain things are put in your face to certain colors that can entice you. And so um, I remember early on in our marriage where we were in an apartment and, you know, friends were getting homes. And so then you say, why can't we have a home? We need, we, we deserve, we work a job we work two jobs we should be able, and but and they you begin to just start living off of what they have gotten yeah and you know you got to wake up what the kids say say today stay woke now <laughs> <laughs> stay woke because somebody gonna come back <laughs> but when we recognize that 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 was and it took a moment that we don't have to get a house because they got a house. That's right. We need to get the house because that's what we so desire to have. Mm-hmm. And, I'm and we can afford it. And we can afford it. <laughs> that we don't, we don't, we're not in debt. Uh, another example that I thought about was when I talk about people telling you your vision, it's like my father, you know, he still has a flip phone. Hey, somebody said when you flip, you won't go back. Once you flip, <laughs> or you won't go back. <laughs> what? Is that related to the phone? Oh, or? Yeah. I don't know. Once you okay. flip, you That's... won't go back. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. And so. <laughs> okay. I don't, I, I don't know. That's I'm not going to touch that one. Flipping, I'm sorry. That was... know, so I think it had to do with the Crackberry at the time. But. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let me say focus. Right. But he, so we tease him about his flip phone. But right. he's like, it's serving the purpose I have. Why do I want to get whatever that upgraded phone is? Mm-hmm. And then that, the, because my bill is going to go up and I'm retired. So I don't need that extra. And all I needed to do is to call you and you call me back. I don't yeah. need to text. I don't need to do any of that. But we could get so wrapped up. And my father is very good with not letting someone tell him what his vision is. So you didn't you didn't show him Jelly Splash on the phone and be like, Dad, check this I out. I think if you took the phone and took the amount of time we spend on our phone, how much of that time is actually used Making phone calls. Making phone calls. Maybe like a 0.05% of our time when that's ultimately what a phone is supposed to do Mm -hmm. is to make calls. And he does it. And that's what his phone does. So it serves his purpose. um, So I was with, we was with my mom this weekend and she was talking about her phone. We were at some event and everybody was talking about the kind of phones they had. And she still has a flip phone. And she said, all I need to do is to call you and your brother. You all call me back, and I'm good to go on that. 
And I said, well, does your phone take pictures? She said, uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> That's not why I have the phone is to take pictures. And I said, well, can you text? She said, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's not why. And I said, well, how much do you pay a month for your phone? Yeah. She said, uh, $25. She said, oh, no, I'm sorry. $21. <laughs> I said, you just pay twenty one dollars awesome. a month. For she said, yes, and I haven't missed it at all. I haven't. I don't miss any kind of social media or anything like that. I'm so comfortable with my twenty one dollars a month because it serves its purpose. Yes, I was like, okay. So I think what more... you're saying is we need to go back to flip phones. <laughs> I'm feeling convicted at this point that I should right. go buy a flip phone, not only for me but for everyone in our household. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, that's going to go over really, really well. well right? Everybody has flip phones. But I, what it said trend. to me, right, what it said to me is that she was not concerned with keeping up with anybody else. She set her vision, her budget, and this is what she can afford. So she's not concerned with materialism things. So she's, hmm. This is what. I got it for, this is my purpose, and this is what I'm going to do. And she's very good about if I can't afford something, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to put it on credit card. I'm not doing that. I just want to get what I'm supposed to get, and I'm very good with where I am. Even when she got her, she had bought a new car a few years ago, and she just, I can afford this, and she paid it off. And it was, I mean, she made a really good decision on just, here's what I need. Here's what I can afford. And I'm not trying to get the latest, greatest car that ever. This is going to be my car and I will probably drive it for 20 years. And she's okay with that. And I'm okay with that too. I've learned some things from both of them, actually, that looking back at both our parents. And it could be just that time frame. Maybe they're, they, my father feels like, or tells me, you know, getting on that he didn't even want to do the internet for putting, you know, so a lot of times people, uh, these places, they still like to go to the place and take their, and pay their bills. And I was like, dad, you know, really, yeah, <laughs> really, really. And he didn't really want to put it on the internet because he's just thinking that's exposing him to something that right. he's not very familiar with. Yep. And if we think about it, that's branding. You know, I don't know what's out there and I don't want my image out there. And because I don't know. And so, but we said, but they don't really deliver it like that anymore that you got to yeah they kind of want to they force you to do those my parents don't have a computer wow in their house no access to the internet um no computer Mm. it's very interesting when we go home (laughs) (laughs) in a good way in a good way though in a good way way, though so So if we if we can wrap up this this lust of the eyes materialism um, component of these of these temptations and how they go um, sort of against the house and how that just does not rock the house right I think the the point here in all of these but you know the, especially here for lust of the eyes and materialism because that can really get you into debt. And when we're talking about finance issues in marriage, Carlos, I think it was you that was telling me that that is uh, one of, if not the top reasons why there are divorces. That's correct. That's one of the top reasons why there's divorces. And then also in the Bible, money is mentioned more times than any other subject in the Bible. So I believe that God knew what type of challenge this would be for all of us. 
from especially from a materialistic standpoint. Yeah. So you're correct. Yeah. So if we're going to wrap this up, I would just I would just put it out there. We've we've got the uh, the challenge that I issued early in the podcast. Don't forget it. And that is last thing you do at night is not your device. Last thing you do at night is make that connection with your husband or wife. Make make that connection first thing in the morning. That's the challenge. We'd love to hear back from you guys if you are doing that and what happened. We'd love to hear about that kind of stuff. We're getting some great feedback from people on socials and emails and, and whatnot and, and even conversations. People are running up to us and, and, and talking about it that we uh, were like, whoa, okay. <laughs> so there's that challenge. And then, of course, the overarching challenge in these temptations is to be intentional, set up your meeting, yeah. which you guys are monthly. Are Sonia monthly. and I are on the 20 year meeting. <laughs> well, you're meeting with us now. So. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, set that up, have, have those very intentional meetings, stick with it, have these conversations, talk about this stuff. So if I can just say one thing then here. We open up with the scripture in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, where Jesus was tempted and he had these three temptations. And I believe because he spent so much time with the father, I mean, that is his father. He knew how to combat these temptations that Satan would throw at him. And that gives me hope. And that should give all of us hope that we can overcome those temptations as well. Mm. If we spend time with the father. Because then the Father will tell us what's most important for us. He'll tell us what, our, what His will is for our lives. And I know that His will is that we have solid rock marriages. That's it. And so nothing will come between those solid rock marriages, especially when we're spending time with the Father. So I encourage everyone to read that Matthew 4, 1 through 11. That's it. I, I can't think of a better way to end the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. And let's power up. Thanks for listening to the Power Couples Rock podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged, inspired, and supported. Please listen and subscribe to our other Power Pods as we are confident that they will strengthen your marriage. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. It's there where we can extend these discussions together, take these conversations and your marriage to the next level. Enjoy your day and power up.